Okay, Ralph. Coming at you from New Jersey, the capital of misery, and the place where metal forgot to die, this is Here Lies Metal, the podcast that brings you the origins, history, and culture of everything metal. Once again, I am Maledictus, and we are here once again with the lovely Samantha. Say hello. And we shall be your overlords for today and all of eternity. Welcome. Now, today, we're finally getting back to things. We're finally getting back to things that I intended this podcast to be. You know, and these episodes, I have to say, are difficult. They're more difficult to do because they involve actually getting down and hitting the books or hitting the internet. I'm not going to the library or anything. Uh, what's a library? And um, finding stories about the history of metal or things that had to do with metal. And of course, as I probably hinted many times on our Facebook site right now, um, this story is going to be about Ricky Casso, the Acid King. And I've been meaning to do this episode for a long time, ever since I did the Satanic Panic episode, which was our second episode. And finally, we're getting to the detail, because um, I only really glossed upon him in the Satanic Panic episode. But now we're going to get into the full detail of that infamous murder in 1984. So, I'm glad we're finally doing this historic episode. I'd like to do more of these. Um, but like I said, you know, they're very difficult to do, but... Never mind. Let's um, let's begin with the famous story, the legend of Ricky Casso, the Acid King, and this, of course, podcast is titled "Say You Love Satin: The Legend of the Acid King." Here we go. Let's travel back to 1984. To a small town in northern Long Island, on the Sound, on the Sound side, not on the ocean side. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Maybe it's colder up there. I don't know. Does it matter? I don't know. Which which part's nicer? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't really know. I don't like I don't like anything about Long Island. I want you to know. We try to avoid it. If you live in Long Island, don't just don't live. Stop living there. Go somewhere else. You know, when the when the oceans rise, you're all gonna die. So just don't live there. It's just. Yeah, well, you know, there's plenty of... There's, it's an island, so there's nowhere to go there. Like, there's literally a limited amount of space where they can go. That's why the damn island's so crowded. If they, go to, if they come across the rivers, they could stay and they could spread out or go to Kansas or something. You have plenty of places to go. Okay, well, Northport, New York. Northport, New York is a terrible place to live. 1984 must have been really terrible. There was no, like, internet or anything. And, um... A very terrible thing happened to this sleepy town. This is a very sleepy, well-to-do, typical Long Island town. I don't know why anything's considered well-to-do in Long Island, but anyway. Um, it's very classic. Place. I get it. I can't, I can't imagine. So, well, the probably. Well, I guess the Hamptons are on Long Island, right? So that's like really nice. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to live there. Um, so a terrible thing happened in this town of Northport, Long Island, and it's something that very well might have helped trigger the Great Satanic Panic, which I, which we talked about in the beginning, in the earlier days of this podcast. And, uh, it's basically another story about youths from the suburbs that have nothing to do. And they ended up doing bad things. As they say, idle hands work for Satan. And, uh, that's, uh, once again, the devil's playthings. Idle hands work for Hitler, as uh, the World War II things used to say. Um, so, uh, and I want to say, these types of kids, I re- this is the 1980s, and I remember as a kid in the 1980s, 
growing up in Lyndhurst, New Jersey. Th these kids existed in my town, too. I remember them. Like, they were the kids you were told not to go near. They were headbangers. They were into metal, whatever, you know, Ozzy, Judas, Priest, whatever. You know, maybe, maybe some Slayer. But, you know, like, metal was like... I feel like metal, generally, metal was very mainstream back then. It wasn't... Like, obviously, they were underground bands back then, but, like, most of... Most of it was on the surface back then, you know? And one thing a lot of the kids from back then were saying when they were interviewed recently, there's actually a good documentary that's coming out soon and they were giving some excerpts of it. A lot of the kids from back then were answering questions in interviews about how the scene was back then. And um, like metal kids weren't really discriminated against back then. They were just like, oh, those are the metal kids. Those are the jocks. Everyone kind of just wanted to drink together and go to concerts together. No one really... You know, like we weren't the metalheads weren't really gonna get treated any differently back then. You know, as long as they had booze and they had drugs, they were cool. You know, we weren't gonna like beat them up or anything. You know, which was you know only I think only nerds got beat up back then. You know, it's the opposite today. Like now, you know, nerds. I mean, I'm younger and like no one got beat up in my life. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know. Yeah, it wasn't like a thing. You know, I, th I thought it got worse as time went on. You know, I guess we always hear. You know. I'm from a weird place. Yeah, I guess so. I think your environment is definitely a completely different thing. People are peaceful in Vermont. Um, it's a nice place, that's why. Um, but, once again, this is about a group of kids, and they are basically trying to be a bunch of edgelords. But, you know, like, I think these kids truly are um, experiencing delinquency in, in the real thing. I mean, these kids have records, and, and they're from, like I said, they're from nice houses, most of them. And, you know, the kids in this story... The, you know, the four characters were, that are going to be involved in this story, they, they all have records. I mean, they're kids that got into trouble from a very young age. So that might have just something to do with the environment back then. I mean, just the general um, environment of society back then. There was no internet. There was no, you know, there's nothing to distract you, really. Like, if you were going to get distracted, you were going to, I guess, drink and do acid and listen to metal. I you know, maybe... So you think juvenile delinquency has gone down? I think it has. I, that would be interesting to see. In the suburbs, I think, like, for white kids in the suburbs, I think it has. You know, do kids really do this stuff anymore? I, I don't think they do. Right, right in, if you know anything. You know, I if mean, you're yeah, a parent, I, I you mean, know these anything. weren't crimes of, like, need or passion. They were crimes of boredom. They were boredom crimes, and they were really yeah. bad crimes. Now we have Fortnite. I think so. I think kids back then, I think they strive to act older back then. These kids were obviously 17, 16, 17. And, you know, they're, they're acting like, you know, they're, I think they're a little bit, despite their idiotic crimes, I think they're like, they're developmentally more advanced than kids today. Because I think that was just the way it was. There was no, there was no staying in your house back then. You know, you wanted to go out, you wanted to get into trouble, you wanted to get laid. You didn't want to sit in your, your basement and play video games back then. That was not what you wanted to do. Anyway, why are we talking about these kids? I don't know, it's just a psychological but let's continue on. Um, drug use, of course, was a crucial factor in this case. These kids, they loved drugs. That's why Ricky was called, and we'll get into him, the hero of this story, if you will, um, the anti-hero. He was called the Acid King. You know, that wasn't just some stupid nickname. Like, he was known in town, in this small town, as the Acid King because he loved doing drugs. All these kids that are involved in this story, their past, their national pastime was metal and drugs. You know, and for Ricky Castle, it was Satan too. But we'll get into that. 
What do you think? <laughs> About what? You know, what I just said, you know. Feel free to chime in. Okay, so this scene, I think, was powered by music, right? I think the this this scene had a soundtrack. Would, would you agree? I mean, I in my not extensive research of watching one TV documentary from yeah, the nineties, really, really bad. That one. was really entertaining. Yeah, they definitely downplayed um, the rock and roll and the Satan. I don't think aspect. they understood it. I don't it think they said understood that it was really just drugs. It was. You it know, was it was. Drugs. Drugs Set is... in that tone of the 90s. No, it was. Because drugs is what made this kid fucking lose his mind, I would say. And I'm not saying drugs, you know, like, don't do, don't say, just say no. You know, if I do drugs, fine, but don't kill anyone. Um, these kids did a lot of drugs. I mean, it is kind of impressive. The I amount. almost don't believe the Yeah, it almost seems... Like, only Ozzy can understand. We'll get into that. I yeah, guess. we'll get into, like, their, their, their levels. But... Maybe it's like you were saying with, like, you know, heavy metal was just mainstream then. So yeah, it's like, it was. It was out in the open. Well, yeah, they were listening to heavy metal, but, like, that'd be like a kid who murdered somebody listening to Imagine Dragons and then trying to blame that. Um, Maybe it was more just a coincidence. I, That's that's a good analogy, you know? Was, was <laughs> heavy metal as popular as Imagine Dragons? Uh, to, I don't know. It was definitely transparent. It definitely was on the surface back then. There was no... No one was trying to hide it. It was on MTV. The bands that, you know, Ricky and his friends listened to were on MTV. They were, nothing was being hidden, you know. There wasn't anything weird about the music he was into. But anyway, this entire case, like I said before, ignited the entire satanic panic. I think this is one of the, the um, pivotal cases, one of the origin cases that ignited this phenomenon that would exist and be powered through, you know, the idiotic mainstream media the idiotic mainstream media these sheeple you know the sheeple of the mainstream media um that would go on till the 90s and finally end when i think judas priest conquered i think judas priest stopped the satanic panic i think when they won that case it was like this I mean, is was there done elements of satan in that case not really that was more like a subliminal yeah which was from the same you vaguely know. related because it was metal yeah it wasn't really like a Satan thing. It was really kill yourself, you know, which they all think is the same thing. But I think once that case is over, that was it. I think that, that beat it. But anyway, let's move on. So... Tell me about Ricky Queso. So Ricky. Ricky Queso was... Ricky Casso. Ricky Casso, which rhymes with asshole, as one of the kids in the interview said. Is it Casso? Yeah, it's Ricky Casso. Because it rhymes with asshole. Ricky Casso rhymes with asshole. And an asshole he was. But maybe we don't understand him. Maybe we didn't know him. You know, like I said, I knew these. Ki- I knew who these kids were, like back then. Like, I'm not these kids, but they existed. Like I said before, they existed in my town. They would hang out at mental abandoned mental asylums, which seemed to be everywhere back then before they turned them into condos. And that's where the headbangers would hang out and do graffiti and do drugs. And these kids were no different. This happened everywhere. You know, you know, leave beer bottles everywhere. This was just a Long Island version of it, which was probably not as cool as ours. So Richie Casso, Ricky. Ricky, I call him Rich, Ricky. Ricky Casso. Sorry, don't kill me, Ricky. Don't stab me 30 times. Um, he's born in March 1967. And um, he had a pretty all-American upbringing, right? Um, sounded pretty sweet. Sweet. Two parents at home. He was into normal things, too. Very supportive. Very nice parents. His dad, in fact, was a well-liked history teacher and a football coach. 
You know, maybe the football coach had something to do with Ricky's delinquency. Yeah, what I watched was talking about how, like, this is a bedroom community for uh, New York. Yeah. But, like, you know, his parents weren't even in New York. But they kept on talking about, like, and the parents would go to work in the city. And the children would just be abandoned. Yeah, it's like to normal. their own devices. That's what we do in the 80s. Drugs. Well, that happened. Like, my parents were also work. I mean, they were down the street, literally. But, well, yeah, but, like, that yeah. was like, oh, and the parents would be gone for, like, you know... 12 hours. hours a day. Yeah. Like out in the city and commuting. Yeah. But no, Ricky, Ricky had it pretty good. Yeah. Like he had, um, okay, so. That thing is yeah. making a noise. Oh. Oh, I could have said that out. Is that, the, is that thing bouncing against the microphone? That thing when you move, like, yeah, I can stop. hear it. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know if it's getting picked up either. No, it, it really is. Let me just put it over here. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, people. Um, so. Ricky actually played. Ricky was like, from all of our research, he wasn't like an abnormal kid. He was probably a lot more normal than I was as a kid. And I didn't, you didn't see me killing anyone, stabbing someone 36 times. Um, he played football, which, where he, where he met his friend and accomplice, who we'll get into, Jimmy Triano, who would also be, go down in infamy with this crime. We'll get into him in a bit when we describe all the other actors in this case. Um, he didn't like football. In fact, he would actually tackle people and hurt them on purpose. And where he was That's a little disturbing. thrown out, you know. Maybe I know, I know people have done football. that. I know people have done that, you know. People I know have done things like that in wrestling and stuff just to fuck with, just to hurt people. You know, people I know. I'm not going to mention any names. Who? I'm not going to mention any names because, you know, I don't want to mention any names over this, but I know them. They're... They're in my circle that have done this in high school. Um, they didn't kill anyone. I think they haven't. Um, he dropped out of high school, though, when he was 16, though. And he was having a lot of problems by then. And I could relate to this kid in a way. Like, I didn't drop out of high school or anything. But I could relate to his, I think, like, football kind of being forced on him by his football coach dad. You know, and that's really... Your dad didn't do that. No, my dad was not into football. My dad did not give a flying fuck about football. He didn't really push sports at all he didn't really care about that um if he was into sports he probably would have but he didn't so i think when you're kind of forcing this down someone's throat somebody doesn't want to do it you know they're gonna rebel and they're gonna start getting into trouble i think you know well, damn it son why why aren't you going to why aren't you good at football i want you to go to college for, you know for ball you know and you know like fuck you dad you know he's wanting to do it who would want to sounds tough yeah and i remember you know they were i remember that whole thing in high school that was everywhere in high school just, you know, psychotic dads. And, well, we had a psychotic football coach who's, of course, his son today is Greg Olson of the, uh, what is it, Carolina Panthers? You know, so, yeah, he, his, his psychoticness made him millions of dollars. So maybe being a psychotic football coach dad isn't bad all the time. You know, it might get you really rich in your retirement days. But anyway, fuck, My dad fuck was, that guy. My dad was always trying to get me to play base more often. Yeah, that, that probably wouldn't get you rich. And that's why I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're no, you're actually pretty good. You know, you're, that's you're, right. you're that's more right. like when you play the bass compared to me. Like I don't like have any concept of following order, as you could see. You know, whereas you like you play like a professional. Like you're like this is what that's you right. have to do. I'm just like whatever. Who cares? There are no rules. That's how I was brought up. I, I mean, I took lessons, you know, early on of guitar. You know, but I was never good at it. And my teacher anyway, hated me. So he dropped out of high school. Did he even get kicked out of the house for that? Yeah. He was well, he was he was a frequent runaway. You know, he was like, I'm running away. So he would kick himself out. Yeah, I don't know if he was thrown out or kicked out. Probably a little bit of both, you know. And 
you know, but his family, like, you know, like I said, they were good families. Dad was a history teacher and a football coach, and they were well-to-do, and they would try to help him. Like, they tr- they tried to put him in rehab and counseling. Like, we're going to try to help this kid. We're not going to, you know, he wants to go out in the street, but, you know, as parents, we have to make sure this kid doesn't die, you know? We're trying to be parents. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't know who his parents were. Like, maybe they, who know, maybe they were abusive. Who knows? Like, we don't know that. That was never gone over. Like, maybe they fucking That's touched possible. him when he was a kid, you know? And, you know, that happens a lot of times in nice, nice, perfect families. You know, it's happened many times. Who knows? We don't know that, though. So we don't we don't have any facts on that, so we're not going to go with that. Um, so he um, got into some crimes early on, you know, around 15, 16. I mean, he started to show some real... You know, that, that's, we'll get into that after the crime. That's kind of a result of the crime. Um, he started, um, really, his first real bouts of recorded delinquency. I'm sure there were plenty before this, but he started digging up graves. That's, um, that's a big step, I would say. And he was digging up graves of, like, old, like, Revolutionary War cemeteries and whatnot. And he did it twice, apparently. This kid was like an inspiration to Varg. I think so. Maybe I, I think he was. I think they knew about. He was definitely on their list as a hero. I'm sure he was a poster of him somewhere in that shop in in Helveta, in you know the record store. I bet you there was. Um, and he's inspired many. And, and the reason why we're doing this story is because the Acid King, the concept of the Acid King, the name of the Acid King, the philosophy of the Acid King inspired many a metal band. In fact, there's a band. You know, which we have played, we will play here. Um, Acid King, which is a stoner band. I like them. They're very good. They're very awesome. And, um, you know, they got their name from this occurrence. And their songs aren't really about satanic things or metal things, really. But nevertheless, I mean, this is probably an inspiration. I mean, there's many, there's many a death metal song about this. There's all kinds of songs about this this, this case. It's it's a metal thing. It'll always be, you know, in the, in the annals of metal history. And that's why we're doing it here. But, um, so Ricky was obviously caught and arrested at the age of 16. For, for stealing skulls. Ste- for skullduggery, as they call it. <laughs> and he wanted, and he, apparently he was found with a skull in a hand of human remains that he got some. They found him with, apparently they found him on this possession. And he got these, um, things some say he wanted to sell them to people, maybe like Santeria people or something, for drug money. Uh, others say, and this isn't proven, but he wanted to go to the Amityville house, which was also in Long Island. I don't know if that's a metal story. Should we do the story of the Amityville house? You all know the story of the Amityville house. One of the, one of the biggest ghost hoaxes ever. Um, it's completely fake. But the, However, the murders in the Amityville house really did happen. Um, Butch DeFeo killed his entire family, including his young brother and sister and his parents. Um, it is believed there was, it was the result of an abusive, um, according to him anyway, an abusive family. But let's not get into, you know, Butch DeFeo. But he killed his whole family, and uh, I believe he's still in jail. So what can you do with a skull in a hand? So he wanted to use out? these human remains in a ritual. Um, so Ricky and his friends, they wanted to go to the Amityville house. Maybe kids used to do this back then. They used to, like, it was like a pilgrimage maybe in Long Island. I don't know. I'm sure it was big with the middle kids back then, because it was definitely a legend. It was a movie made on it already. Um, on Wellpurgisnacht. Wellpurgisnacht. Which one what they is do? That? It is some sort of pagan holiday. What what day is that? Is that holiday? I don't even know. I don't know that stuff. We should know. I should know that. I'm into metal, right? I should be fake like that. I'll look it up. Yeah. Well, we'll, 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 we
day, he wanted to perform some kind of ritual there using these human remains, apparently. We're not sure if he ever did this, he ever went to this thing. But that's what he always talk about, basically, going to the Amityville house, the horror house, with these. But, you know, instead he ended up in jail. He was caught with these. So, you know, he was bailed out, of course, by his parents. Uh, I don't think skullduggery is actually a major crime. It, it, you actually don't get a lot of time for it. I don't think skullduggery is the correct term. That's what I like to call it, skullduggery. That's what they used to call it back in the day, skullduggery. He has been convicted of skullduggery. And um, it's just grave robbing, I think. Yeah, grave vandalism. But you don't get a lot of time for it. You actually don't. Um, so as he was awaiting trial, he, he became ill with pneumonia, and his parents put him in a hospital. And this is, you know, a, an example of his caring parents. Uh, they put him in a hospital, and, and while he was there, they wanted to have him evaluated by a psychologist and perhaps have him committed. You know, they knew this kid was, was a problem. And basically, the psych team said, well, he's just, um, he's just antisocial. He just needs to, you know, he's kind of socially inept, um, but he's not psychotic or violent, you know, big, you know. <laughs> oh, or is he? <laughs> or, you know, well, this is what, you know, these professional psych, this is why I don't like psychological doctors. This is why I'm a Scientologist. Because they underdiagnose they, oh, they give violent you, psychosis. Well, it's amazing that they did that because today they just would have been like, give him tons of drugs. Oh, this kid would have been drugged. Oh, they would have drugged this kid. He drugged back when he was like eight. Till he was numb or till he was brain dead, they would have drugged him. But back then, I guess, you know, those drugs, a lot of those drugs probably didn't exist. So they were like, he's fine. He, you know, he's just, you know, he's just a kid, you know. So they didn't do enough. So as opposed to today where they do too much. So, you know, he, you know he's not going to be psychotic or violent. You know, misdiagnosis, you know, malpractice, I suppose. I don't know. But Oh, and for those who want to know, Walpurgis well, Nacht is the eve of the Christian feast day of St. Walpurga, which Walpurga. is coming up on April 30th. Oh, it's in April. We could all celebrate it. It doesn't really seem that evil, except that it's also known in German as Hexennacht. Hexennacht. Witches' night. Witches' night. Believed to be the night of a witch's meeting. Tonight is the night. Or it might be about killing witches. Of the witches. Maybe it's when anyway. the witches meet and you could kill them all. You could burn them. Burn the witch. Um. I'm the witch, find a general. <laughs> anyway, these kids are stupid. Yeah, they're stupid. <laughs> but they don't know any better. They don't have anything to tell them that they're not stupid. They think they're living in their own world. They're not, like, trying to find, um, you know, um, they're not trying to find, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, like, when you're liked, well, you know, they're not trying, they're not, they're not looking for um, recognition or notoriety from the rest of the world they don't they they're not they can't get their phone they can't get their cell phone back they don't own cell phones they don't have much of a horizon yeah you know cell phones were just way too expensive back then so these kids couldn't have they them were, i don't think they were cell phones <laughs> they might have been car phones i'm being funny <laughs> um their social media was not you know obviously in existence so they can't take selfies of themselves killing each other or worshiping satan like kids do today they can't do that there's no they they're in their little own little world about the slender man now yeah i think that well this has been a thing for a while this slender man you know understand that it's for stupid kids it's for like gothic emo kids or whatever they do today um definitely not my generation uh so yeah these kids uh, they have no one to impress just themselves just their friends that they could see with their eyes there's no one across the world they can't make selfies they can't go on facebook and say their status they can't tweet such a good life i wish i was back then i wish i was with them they would have killed me 
You think they would have killed me? They would have. They would have taken. I think you would have been too scared to hang out. With yeah, I would have been too scared. If I was like that eight, yeah, if I was like seventeen, um, I like, I wouldn't have been cool enough to hang out with them. You'd been like, I'll buy yeah. some acid tabs. From I wouldn't you. have. No, I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Nah. Well, I was gonna say that you would. I, I would buy weed from them, but I wouldn't have like bought acid. But then, when you didn't want to take more than one, they'd call you a loser. Yeah. And hang out with you. Like they were like, I guess they were cool. I don't really know their status, but I think their status was kind of normalized back then. They weren't like you know. Like I said, they had the drugs, so kids, you know, from all walks of life would approach them. You know, they weren't outcasted. Because life was real fucking boring. Yeah, you need drugs, man. And and it was I was still we were interviewing some kid from back then on on that new show they're making about him, and he was saying how everyone was far more unique back then, which no one is today. No one, everyone thinks they're unique today. No one is. Were they what? Yes, he was saying how it was how okay. How be, be more unique? He was saying it was okay to be unique back then, and no one gave you a hard time. Like he was saying how about all like the different kind of kids. Like there was one kid that you used to drive around in a hearse. He said like a punk rock kid, and you know everyone liked him, you know. And it was other. There was like, and he was like this kid was like an artist. So he said him and his friends actually covered a kid in clay and tied him up outside as an art project, and no one minded. Everyone was like, oh, that's you know that's nice. You know, and, 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 you know, and today, like, you would have went to jail for that. Like, he was like, yeah, that's what we did. You know, it was fine. So, you know, like, I think you were allowed to be more unique back then. Like, there was, you know, you didn't have the internet to compete with, you know. So if you were unique in your own little world, your own little school with 200 kids. I mean, I kids, would say, like, without the exposure of, you know, the media. And, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have that. Like, it's hard to even get ideas like that. Yeah, like, they had to come up with everything. Like themselves. I grew up in an isolated area. Right, you did. And yeah, everyone was way more homogenous there. And I remember when I yeah. went to college, and like I met more weird people. Like I was a, I was a weirdo. Well, you were like suddenly there but to I like New York City. I felt super weird there, but I, I got to New York. I was like, I'm not actually that weird. There's a lot of kids like like me. Here. Yeah. Well, I think you know when you go to college in general, no matter you know no matter where it is, you know. Like, you're going to find, even if it's, like, in your town, <laughs> you know, it, you're going to find you're not, you know, whatever you were in high school, you're not that anymore. You know, I think you're going to find that. But I would just imagine, like, a, a very white, upper-middle-class town on Long Island. Yeah. I have a trouble imagining. Especially back then. I mean, in Long Island's a different, it's a state of mind, you know, it's a different... Like, when I know, think of high school in the 80s, I think of, like, Heathers. Yeah? Oh, yeah, no, that was very <laughs> accurate. No, the high school and movies of the 80s, I think they were all very accurate. I think Heathers is, like, you know... Yeah, and Heather's Heather's is... Heather's could be on Long Island. Yeah, absolutely. You know, definitely it's about rich kids. And, you know, and they're all kind of like, you know, some of them are like, you know, some of them are unique. There's the jocks and, you know, then there's, you know, what that, what's that kid's name? The, Christian Slater. Christian Slater. You know, he's kind of like the bad boy, but, you know, people kind of like him, though, you know? Like, he's, you know, he's not like, like a nerd. Nobody's beating him up. You know, he's like the bad boy. Girls kind of like him. You know, Christian Slater always plays. He's like, hey, I'm the bad boy. You know, that how Christian Slater talks. You know, kind of. He thinks he's Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, he's ripping him off. Yeah, he totally ripped off Jack Nicholson, right? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a really bad boy. You know, you got, you got, you girls better watch out for me. I don't think Ricky Casso was a Jack. No, no, I don't think he was. Christian Slater. I, I don't know. I don't think he was like attractive in any way. I don't. Like we don't know about his sex life with girls. I don't know if it, no one came forward and volunteered. No, one, yeah, I don't think it was there. I don't think I don't think he was interested in that. I think he liked his acid, and he liked to hang out with his friends and drink beer and worship Satan. Like I don't, I just don't think he had a, he had a desire for that. I don't think he did. You know, doesn't seem like it was in him. You know, but let's move on. Anyway, 
Your kid, when your kid is rejected from the mental institution, the mental institution. That's that's I after know. he was I guess he was arrested fine. for grave robbing. Skull duggery, as they call what it. What do you do? We, we call it in Ireland skull duggery, and he's guilty of it. It's I, not Christian. I guarantee you that's not what skull duggery. Skull duggery. I'll look that <laughs> up. I'm looking. I've it heard up. it. I, I found it somewhere, like on weird it's New a real, Jersey or it's something. A, it's a real it's a term, word, right? It's an old. It's an oldie person. It's an oldie time term. Okay, so. So like I said, he was awaiting trial. He was awaiting trial for this. And um, as he was awaiting trial, you know, he would move on to the next thing. Skullduggery is a Steppenwolf album. Oh, okay. I hate Steppenwolf. God, they're terrible. But what it actually means is underhanded or unscrupulous behavior. Oh, really? Yeah. You're you're guilty of skullduggery. I'm guilty of skullduggery every day. Okay. So anyway. So basically, he's awaiting trial on this. So... Um, so he had a reputation around town, as we said before, and that might have been where he actually got the official name, the Acid King. Oh, there comes the Acid King. Imagine that they made it up back then. They came up with that back then. They they were the first people to to utter those words, the Acid King. Here comes the Acid King. I wish we had an Acid King. I wish we had an Acid King. There's, I would know where to get acid. Um, there's been other Acid Kings, I think, like in history though. I think there was some famous. I think there was a famous psychedelic singer from from the band um was it Camel or was it uh it was one of those types of psychedelic I think the guy was called the Acid King. No, he was called Uncle Acid, I think. I think that's where Uncle Acid came from. Yeah, I think that's where that came from. There was somebody of, of that, that name that there was definitely another authority there was no there was another authority on acid in the past. Yeah, I think it was Uncle Acid. I think that's what he was called. Maybe the band got that from him, but so anyway, um, he he was called the asking, but he was obviously an expert on hallucinogenic drugs, hallucinogenic drugs. Well, didn't he have all the drugs? He had all of them, you know, not he, just the psychedelics. Yeah, it was more than psychedelics. You know, obviously there was weed. Um, there was That's mescaline. He liked different. mescaline. He That's had PCP. Different. That's very different. <laughs> um, he didn't have coke. I, there was no worry of having coke or crack or anything. Like he wasn't. That wasn't. It was the suburbs. I guess. I guess they weren't. You know, that was like they weren't really cool enough to have coke back then and they weren't ghetto enough to have crack. So I think, you know, it was mostly mescaline and PCP and acid and weed. I think that's what it was, really. I think that's what he was pushing. You know, seems pretty harmless, right? <laughs> PCP? Uh, yeah, well, I guess, you know. PCP is like the one where you like yeah. have superhuman strength and you yeah. run around naked and do that's, all, you know, that's kind of a, out. That's kind of a redneck than a suburban thing than PCP, you know. It's like the first bath salt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the bath salt. I don't know if I've done it. You know, maybe it's probably been in my weed before. It probably has. What? I think it has. In the past. <laughs> Why? Because it does. What did you do? No, it just, you know, you don't know it's there. You know, and it's like, what the fuck? You know, that wasn't normal. But, you know, but he, you know, purposely did it. He wasn't dusting anyone. He was dusting himself on purpose. You know, and people wanted to dust back then. So, he was a drug guy in Northport, you know? Hey, I need some drugs. Call the... This is a job for the Acid King. And um, on top of that, and this is where it really attracts attention, uh, he sort of had an obsession with the occult. I mean, which is... And it is said that he... This obsession started when he, you know, as a kid, he went to a library, a library once, and found a book, you know, he found the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey and um, was inspired by it and kind of took on this persona from it he was inspired by a book imagine that books oh my god you know influencing kids 
And uh, on top of that, you know, it was he was into, and this is the worst part, heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. So he didn't. He wasn't listening to like Duran Duran back then. I guess they were like the Imagine Dragons. No, they, no, they weren't. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Who was the Imagine Dragon? I don't know. I don't want to get into that right now. I'll be here forever <laughs> analyzing that one. We'll get. We'll do an episode on that though. Who was the Imagine Dragons of the eighties? Um, he was into metal, like any kid was, right? And metal was a lot more normalized yeah, back then. Yeah, certainly any like burnout kid would yeah. be into these bands. And he was into ACDC, of course. You know, maybe he was like, eh, ACD. I think he was like, eh. He, like, if he grew up and didn't commit this crime and got older, like, and fat, he would have been at the ACDC concert going, yeah, ACDC. He, that would have definitely been Ricky Casso, I don't doubt. So he was an ACDC. He was into Black Sabbath. You know, he was into, like, Dio Black Sabbath, right? Maybe, yeah. And, you know, Ian Gillen Black Sabbath, right? He probably, maybe he didn't even know Ozzy, you know? No, well, he knew Ozzy as a solo artist. He was definitely into Ozzy. And, you know, this is where Ozzy would get a lot of shit. And he was into Judas Priest. That's where they would get a lot of shit. They would get a lot of shit because people like this and, and Richard Ramirez and other people that may have killed people liked them, you know? So, oh, they must have caused Richard Ramirez to, to be a serial killer or, or Ricky Casso to murder his friend. So, and all these names, all these band names that he was into, they would they would be the stars of the satanic panic. Like, as the years went on, it was these bands that I just mentioned, all four of them, that would definitely be on trial. So it's funny how that started. You know, this is definitely an origin of that. You know, people started watching them. They, they, they made the list after this one. So Ricky had some friends. He wasn't, he wasn't like I said, he wasn't a nerd. He didn't stay in his mom's basement. He didn't, he hardly, you know, he was never in the house. He was on the street and sleeping in people's yards most of the time. And he was that guy. Oh, Ricky's going to sleep in my yard. It's all right. Don't worry. He's got drugs. He had a couple of friends he would hang out with. And there was a, a seaside gazebo where they would carve their satanic symbols and band names. They would carve Slayer into the thing. And um, this is where they would hang out. And they would, you know, cause trouble. You know, the cops would eventually come up to them as cops do and go, what are you doing? This is what cops used to do to us when we were kids. Like, we'd be in a park after dark and the cops would just come up to us and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? What, what does it look like we're doing? You know? We don't, we're not, we don't have drugs, by the way. We're not cool. So like, we didn't. But, you know, they would just like, you guys have to leave. You know, um, and that's what he would do. He'd hang out there with his friends, you know, and be delinquent. And um, now, as you notice, the title of this, I misspelled Satan. I called it Say You Love Satin. Now, legend has it, and I can't find this for the love of me, but I heard this when I was doing my initial research on the Satanic Panic, that there was graffiti somewhere in the Northport Long Island area where it said something, you know, maybe like worship. I don't say it said Say You Love, but it said worship satin it was misspelled satan by some dummy maybe ricky Casso did it you know some dummy misspelled satan and they wrote satin and that's you know so maybe that's where it was maybe it was written it was carved into the gazebo somewhere that's what i'm thinking i, I don't know a, a trip to northport i don't know if the gazebo still they probably they after this crime happened they, i think they tried to erase a lot of landmarks so it might have they might have destroyed it after we'll that. just go to northport and walk through the downtown yeah. and talk to the talk. weirdest person we see yeah i'm sure they're still there i'm sure there's some kids that are there that know about yeah that oh even one of our listeners chris actually has a lot of info about it. he's from long island and he actually has a lot of info it's just his generation he actually has a lot of info about this i should talk to him more about this i'm sure he's gonna be like hey why don't you uh, interview me for this episode you know he's definitely gonna gonna give me a shit about this but the show must go on. <clears throat> Water. So, 
I think doing, you know, uh, wrapping up Ricky's character before we move on to the next character, uh, I want to do like a quick psych evaluation because I'm a highly um, qualified um, psycho psychoanalysis with absolutely zero degrees and such a thing. You have a microphone in front of me. I have a microphone in front of me. There are like many people that think they're smart that aren't at all. There's people like that all over YouTube, really. People that think they're smart and just know nothing. Um, and you could do that these days. You couldn't do that back then. No one would listen to you. But today, you could command people and think you know shit. Okay, I know nothing about psychology, but here we go. Um, so Ricky, judging from like his influence over people, uh, I think he had that magical power of manipulation over people, weak people, not like you know people with any kind of self-esteem. You know, he has that look, that famous picture. Of him. He has those eyes that are just burning through you, and I think that's like hypnotizing. I think. Guys like Hitler and guys like Varg had that power. Underachievers like Ricky Casual, like Hitler, like Varg, that had power over an army of losers, not like, you know, normal people. I think, you know, the thing about Hitler is he had power over, like, people that were way better than him, which was insane. Um, but guys like Varg and guys like Ricky, we'll, we'll, we'll narrow it down to guys like Varg then, maybe not Hitler, but, you know, that had a small group that they can control with their hypnotizing power. A small group of, you know, underachievers, of course, like them. Sort of like an underachiever god. You know, what do you think? I don't know. I think he was just a dumbass burnout. <laughs> he was. And I think with other, with among dumbass burnouts, the one who's the most dumbassedly burned out... <laughs> the dumbest. ...is the leader. Yeah. And like the other ones thing. will flock to them because they admire... Because he does the most fucked up things. They do things that they're a little too scared to do yeah. and they eventually do themselves. Yeah, and I think dummies will follow so I, I do think he definitely had something, you know, wrong with him. Yeah. Considering he dug up skulls yeah. in graveyards. It's fucked up. That's really kind of crazy. He probably... Whatever's wrong with Varg is wrong with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think. They both ended the same way. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, Varg is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Making videos. You know, if Ricky Casso was still alive, he did a I, sentence, he'd be out today. Yeah, I, I don't give Ricky Casso any um, mythical powers. Okay. Fair I enough. do not mythologize him. Yeah, not like this sort of god of bad, you know. Yeah, he just did the most fucked up things, and he's, you know, they obviously he was the alpha male, clearly, uh, for, among, you know, these kids. And they were like, wow, he does look good, you know, because he had acid, right? And when you have drugs, right, people are going to, especially back then. Yeah, that's a lot of power, too. Like, that's a lot of the power. the bravest to get, like, the drugs and then distribute them? Especially in the like, suburbs. You're always gonna be popular. He also has no common. No one's trying to kill him. You always get a little mystique with that too. Yeah, especially you're in the suburbs like him. You're the hookup. He's he was the hookup. You know he didn't have any competition. You know he wasn't like in the ghetto or something where there's other people. Especially among all these rich white kids. Yeah, who can't who have no idea where to get this stuff, and he has no competition. He has no no one's trying to kill him. No one's trying to take his turf. You know he has total power. No one's ever gonna challenge him. You know for his drug his his mastery of drugs, so it's important I guess. So let's get into his sidekick, his accomplice, you know, and there's a lot of interviews with this boy. Uh, he's still alive today, and he lives a normal life. He has children, and, you know, he's trying to forget about this whole thing. His name is Jimmy Troiano, and he was the trusted sidekick and childhood friend of Ricky Casso. Jimmy Troiano was also known as Dracula, apparently. You know, they, you know, they, they were no simple. background to that. They were simple. You know, he was like, that's my name, Dracula. You know, like, you know, people had street names back then. You know, like Vargas, Count Rishnok. You know, like, they well, he picked street that names. Himself. You know, I don't know where Dracula got, you know, um, Jimmy Trana got his name, but he was known as Dracula in the game. So he met Ricky Castle, of course, playing football like normal kids do. And he had many tales of Ricky Castle, you know, not liking the game and causing trouble. 
Um, however, you know, Jimmy Triano would, he was not in it for the same way. I'm not sure if Jimmy Triano was a rich kid. He might have just been some kid hanging around. Like, he'd, he'd spent time in jail even, you know, in a, from a young age, you know, for vandalism and arson and things like, you know, like in burglary. He was kind of a house burglar. So you know, as, as a young kid, like, like a teenager, like burglarizing houses and stuff. So he was like a petty criminal. He was just a guy looking for drugs, looking for money. You know, he wasn't into the metal thing, really, you know, or the you know, as, as obsessively as, as Ricky was or the Satan thing. He, you know, he claimed he was a Christian back in, in interviews. He was like, oh, no, I was a Christian. I wasn't into that stuff at all. He's like, I just, you know, this guy had drugs. You know, I hung out with him, you know, as simple as that. So he seemed like a more of a, just a normal kind of guy who just, you know, got into bad things, you know, like many people. Uh, however, you know, when it came to that, the crime, and we'll get into that, you know, Jimmy, you know, wasn't, was a real accomplice and did well that's the the assist. allegation yeah according to the allegation of course what you know what was done in the confession we'll get to that you know after the crime but um so that's basically jimmy triano in a nutshell we'll get more into him you know as the crime is going on you know pretty simple case there you know he was a typical sidekick typical follower you know to someone you know to an alpha like garrett like ricky um but so obviously this is a crime and Somebody got killed here. Somebody didn't make it out. Um, and his name was Gary Lowers. He was the victim. Now, um, he would follow Ricky around, kind of like a dog. And and Gary Lowers was also an outcast, a runaway. You know, someone who was estranged from their parents. You know, a, a, a burden on society. However, he was kind of a... He wasn't scary or tough like he wasn't respected he was kind of like this quiet loser kind of kid you know who was just kind of desperate for drugs hey can i have some drug can i hang out with you guys can i have some drugs he was kind of like that guy you're like get out of here dude you know he, he was kind of he was kind of you know an innocent victim in a lot of ways he i don't think you know he hurt anyone you know i think he was just really just a very sorry kid a very pathetic kind of kid you know however the conflict didn't just come out of nowhere. Um, Ricky didn't generally just pick him out randomly and kill him. There was there was some resentment, but there was like a triggering event that caused Ricky's anger for, for Gary. And of course, Ricky, being the acid king, being the drug guy, always had drugs on him. So one day at a party, Ricky had passed out on a couch. And Gary, knowing Ricky has drugs, went into his pocket of, you know, when Ricky was passed out and... Ten bags of PCP. It's like, oh, I'll just take these. Of course, upon waking up, you know, Ricky knew they were missing, and uh, he found out that Gary was selling them on his own, or hanging them out, or doing them himself, whatever. And uh, he, of course, confronted Gary and beat him up, saying, you owe me $50 for these bags. You better pay it, you know, or else. And, you know, apparently, uh, he, you know, would, con would confront him over the months over the few months before Gary's death you know he conflicted him he, he approached him he confronted him a few times about you know the money for this which never came up you know the money was never materialized you think this would cause Gary to avoid Ricky yeah but you know he probably had kind of had no one else you know just so kind of had to deal That's with so it sad. yeah he's, this kid has nowhere to go this is a kid with nowhere to go he has no home you know he, he can't go to the cops the cops don't want anything to do with this they don't want to help this kid 
you know. So, um, the sad part is, and this kid has a really sad story, you know, we know Gary would end up dead, obviously. You know, spoiler alert, you know, Gary gets killed at the end. Um, but the sad part is when he died, um, the crime didn't go noticed right away because no one knew Gary was missing and no one cared. Not his parents, not the police, not, well, he probably didn't have any friends. No one, no one came looking for him. Um, it wasn't until someone reported it, which we'll get into how this was happened, and it easily, I believe this crime could have easily been gotten away with if it wasn't for just the <laughs> legendary stupidity of, of the, um, the suspects or, you know, guilty parties. So, it was a typical teen party of the 1980s. I remember these things, you know, I remember not being part of them, but remember them being, <laughs> being ordered to avoid anything like this. Um, you didn't go party in the woods? No, it was, well, I was like eight. Uh, we were, you know, 1984, what was I like? Um, in high school. No, 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 I did not. Actually, no, we would, you know, me and my friends would go up to this hill and we'd get alcohol. You know, the hairiest guys in our gang would get the alcohol. We'd send them in without, and sometimes they would, they would sell it to them. So we'd drive up to the top of this hill in like the total suburbs, in the total, like the most suburban suburbs you've ever suburbed. And we'd drink up there. And the cops would never come up there. And we'd just drink in a car and beat each other up. Yeah, it was just us. You know, no girls or anything. Girls didn't go near us. Yeah, and that, that was our party in the woods, I would say. <laughs> That's all we had. But anyway, let's not get into my patheticness. Um, so it was a night of June 19th, 1984. Summertime night. Four kids go out into the local Azteca woods where they would like to hang out, you know. And um, they went out there to light a campfire, look at some stars, do some acid, and uh, worship some Satan. You know, like, that's what kids did, right? That's what they would do in my day. I remember them, you know. They would leave Satan graffiti everywhere. And like I said, the Azteca Woods were where you know, you'd hang out, you'd go out there and drink. You know, the cops weren't going to come out there, so it was pretty safe. Four kids went in. Only three would come out. It's not a good segue. Only three would come out. I believe that's what all those stupid uh, documentaries have done. Four kids went into the Azteca Woods in North Portland. Well, we, we Only three would come out. The quiet town. The quiet? Yeah, yeah, we have to. A quiet little suburb. Long Island suburb. That would soon be rocked. With its heinous crime. So, you know, I'll be like the guy from that show. Like, 90s. It was a 90s show. And. Met heavy metal music. Yeah, they called it rock and roll on that show. You, you, you just look up the show, you'll know. It was, what was it? One of those, was it 90s shows. It was one of those terrible, it was really bad. Everything had been bad in the 90s. Um, so, you know, they're going out to the party. And, uh, of course, it's four kids. Who are these kids? It's. Ricky Casso, of course. Jimmy Triano. Their, their friend, another kid, Albert Quinones, who, you know, doesn't really have anything going on for him. He's just one of their friends who hangs out with them. You can't really get into him because there's nothing really about him. And, um, but though he would come up in the trial afterwards, he would be very important. And, of course, um, out of nowhere, Ricky asked Gary Lowers to come along. Hey! Oh, he invited him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, or maybe he was like, hey, guys, can I come? Who knows? You know, we don't know. We don't know the plan. We don't know that. But I think he asked him. Because he kind of had a plan. He's like, I want, I'm getting oh, that money. Theory. I'm getting that money. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gary, you want to come with us? We're going out to party in the woods. Yo, can I? Yeah, yeah, come on, man. All right. 
Yeah, yeah, come on with us. We're gonna do some acid and stuff. We look at the stars, isn't that nice? Yeah, man. Okay, let's go. So yeah. So they got into the woods. They do um, copious amounts of acid. Uh, and I think they were doing PCP as well at the same time. I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, why would you do both? I mean, for one, the reporting on this, they're like, they it's all understand. like very seriously, like, he was on 10 yeah. minutes of acid. That seems a bit much. I like, mean, yeah. yeah. Only Ozzy could do that. Like, Only I, Ozzy. I have done. Yeah, at the same time, like, one, two, three. Yeah, like, you take three taps. But at the same time, I didn't even know anything. Yeah. Like, you know, I probably, you know, I probably, if I was going to do acid today, I'd probably do one hit. One. I cannot imagine doing Ten. Five hits. These guys must have seen (laughs) thing, they must have contacted the aliens. Like, their minds opened up and they could see, like, you know, that they live aliens, like, they don't need the glasses. Yeah, that's what happens when you do ten. And that might cause you to kill someone. The thing was, they were like, that these kids always, like, took that amount of acid, but, like... Yeah, they were used to it. Have you ever talked to somebody who has, like, gotten dosed, overdosed on acid? Like, no. They will never do acid again. Like, oh, no, don't go there. Don't ever go there. So I kind of don't believe these little shits. Or... or and how much drugs they or It might have just been the where the source we saw, maybe. <laughs> it was like, these kids understand didn't say acid. that. Yeah, they're like, well, he did must have done ten of, you know. I don't know, you know, maybe it was just some people didn't understand. Or maybe it was them boasting. I don't know. No, I think no. I think there was in the interview of Jimmy Tran. I think he was like, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know, no, he kind of talked like this. He was, like, I mean, he was also trying to get off a murder charge. Yeah. So, yes. Or, so they were trying to be as high, sound as high as possible. Yes. That is a way to sound totally insane. Yes, and that would be a factor which will come up in the, in the trial afterwards. That the the, the amount of drugs there apparently on would be a major factor in, in deciding uh, the guilty or not thing. So the, the, the verdict, as they call it, as lawyers call it, you know, the guilty or not thing, you know? Yes, we call that the verdict. Um, so. But as a little bit of acid, we have the PCP. Acid It's the PCP, for sure. That, you know, the acid made him see things, the PCP made him do the killing. Uh, sure. So, as they're sitting there, they, they want to build a fire. You know, they're out there in the woods, you know, the kids do. And uh, they want to build this fire. The fire, everything's kind of damp out there. It had just rained the night before, so they're having trouble getting this fire. It's all the wood and everything, and the leaves are damp. So, uh, they had suggested, the kids had suggested that, you know, Gary Lowers, you know, the beta among them, you know, the, 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 the sacrificial lamb, you know, if he's the weakest link. You know, they, they suggested using his hair as kindling for the fire. Hey, why don't we use his hair? And, you know, they wanted to use his clothes, too. Of course, he objected, so, you know, they started kind of roughing him up, you know? Hey, we're going to use your hair, man. We're going to use your hair. No, don't use my hair. We're going to use your hair. Come on. You know, they kind of got more violent after that. You know, kids are obviously, these kids are very high on PCP, so they don't know what they're doing. I'm thinking. Of course, he has accomplices here. You know, apparently Jimmy Trano and Albert Kinnerz are helping subdue Gary Lowers. You know, they're, they're, they don't want to kill anyone, I don't think. They're just completely out of, blow, they're blasted out of their fucking minds. You know, so, and, um, at this point, Gary starts, uh, Ricky starts, you know, violently assaulting uh, Gary and ends up stabbing him a couple of times. Well, the crow told him to do it. Well, this, the crow 
he hears the call of a crow, he stabs him and kind of puts him over to the side and covers him in leaves. And as he stabs him, he says, in a fit of rage, and this is what the famous saying is, the famous saying of this whole entire case in the words that would be heard around the world, um, say you love Satan, as he stabs poor Gary. He says, tell, Ricky tells him, say you love Satan, say you love Satan. And Gary responds like, no, I love my mother. Did he really? Yes, he said, no, I love my mother. And he stabs him again. Yeah, poor Gary. He was a victim, real victim. And as he's doing this, he hears the call of a crow. Ah! Is that how a crow goes? That was a sign. That was Satan. Ga- uh, Ga- uh, Ricky Casso interpreted that as the voice of Satan saying, I approve of what you've done. Kill that fucking wussy. Kill him. Kill him good. So he felt good. He felt confident that he was doing the right thing. It was Satan's approval. And so this, you know, this assault goes on for a while until, you know, he thinks... Gary is dead, and they, you know, they kick him leaves over. I'm like, leave him over there. You know, let's just leave him over there. He's dead. We're good. So they continue to party. Eventually, they're leaving, and as they're leaving, um, he, all of a sudden, you know, the the body, the zombie gets up. You know, ah, oh, what happened? He gets up out of leaves. Oh shit, he's alive. You know, and by the way, as you know, we learned in uh, the movie last week. Lords of Chaos. Lords of Chaos. When you stab someone, it's not pretty. You know, it does, you don't die right away when you stab someone. Like in, like in those horror movies, a guy would get stabbed. He'd be like, ugh, and then he'd die. No, you stab someone. They, they live for a while. And he was stabbed a couple of times. And he wasn't dead. You know, he was bleeding out. But he was alive. And he got back up. So, you know, um, being that he was still alive, uh, you know, uh, Ricky had to kill him some more. So go, like, oh, I'm not done killing you. Uh, I gotta kill your ass some more. So now he just loses his shit and just brutally starts stabbing Gary Lowers to the point where he cuts his eyes out and stabs him. He stab he's it is believed from the autopsy he is stabbed about thirty-two times. Many of the stabs were right to his face. So this is a this is even like more brutal than I think Euronymous, I think. Like he's just goes up to town on this kid. And mind you, like these kids are blitzed out of their fucking mind on acid. So they yeah. they're Acid just th- make this more upsetting. Yeah, imagine like what you're going through, you're high at you're you're on ten so tabs of acid. The PCP. Yeah. But imagine like the, the things they're seeing while they're doing this. Like you gotta be really fucked up to go through with this. You know, don't do acid and PCP at the same time, you know. Apparently, just cancels that, it just though. makes it, turns it into just evil. Like, turns it into Satan. I don't know. Um, Acid is a hippie drug. Yeah, and he turned it, you know, he mixed it with redneck, like, you know, pretty much meth. You know, and just... In the 90s, they called it Angel Dust. Angel Dust. I was watching that documentary, yeah. and I was like, what is Angel Dust? Yeah, I never knew what Angel Dust was. I, I first heard of it in the movie Trading Places, where Dan Aykroyd is, is framed for having it. And and the cop played by Frank Oz goes, hmm, PCP, 
Angel Dust in that, you know, in that Kermit the Frog voice, he, that, that Miss Piggy voice he has, because he's the voice of Miss Piggy. He goes, hmm, Angel Dust. You know what this stuff does to kids? <laughs> and, you know, Dan O'Rourke's like, that's not mine. You know, trading Places. You ever seen it? Yes. Good movie. Great movie. You showed it to me. Best movie ever. Uh, you know, Frank Oz, okay. of course, says. PCP, that's Angel Dust. You know what this stuff does to kids? Uh, so, anyway. Um, yeah, this is what this is what this stuff does to kids. By the way, you Frank Oz was right, um, and uh, even and after stabbing him, apparently according to the autopsy, he shoved rocks down Gary's throat. It's like die, son of a bitch, die, be dead. Uh, so it's brutal, you know. Yeah, he was stabbed a lot of times. He even had burns on him. They might have like thrown him in the fire, you know. His eyeballs were gouged out. His face was severely disfigured from being stabbed in it. You know when people say, I'm going to stab you in the face? You know, well, you know, Ricky Casso stabbed you. I have a friend that says, you know, I'm going to stab you in the face when he gets mad. You know, well, well, this is what happens when you... Gary. (laughs) This is what happens when you stab someone in the face. You know, a lot of times. Um, So apparently, um, you know, like I said, they were accomplices. Apparently, um, according to the testimony, Triano actually assisted in restraining the victim. um, That's the allegation. That's the allegation. And also retrieving the knife, giving it back to Ricky, since Ricky was so fucked up, we probably couldn't find the knife. He's like, oh, here's the knife. Oh, thank you. You know, let me kill this motherfucker some more. So, yeah, he got stabbed a lot of times. Very brutal. 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 As the guy on, on, on Death Cloud. Brutal. This was brutal. Okay. Um, so, they were done for the night. Like I said, four walked in, three came out. They went home. Or wherever. They don't think they had a home, but they went somewhere else. <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't go home. They didn't, you know... You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? So they went somewhere else. Leave the crime scene. Leave the crime scene. They were smart enough to do that. So they just buried him with some leaves. Kind of just... There we go. Um, so... That should have been it, right? You kill someone, you don't, you never come back, right? You did it, you don't tell anybody, right? That What, what if you killed somebody? What if you killed me? You got so mad at me. What would you do? Would you tell anybody? You really want me to plan this out? Um, yes, I'm recording. So it's recorded for record. So police officers, please listen. When she kills me, you know you know what her motive was. I would never kill you without but you if know, you did, a murder-suicide. Okay, but if you were, if you were like, no, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to take all his shit. Well, well I'd obviously, we'd, we'd drive far away from here first. Yeah, right? You know. Secluded area. You know. Okay, so would you, after you killed me... And maybe you were happy about it. Would you get your friends and show them what you've done? Maybe some of them. Some of them? Okay. So maybe this isn't that dumb. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm the stupid one. So so Ricky um, was not... There was no remorse here whatsoever. It, it was not even a, a inkling in his mind. So all of his friends, and apparently he had a lot of people that knew him. You know, he had a good... You know, he had that reputation. So he knew people and people liked him. So he would gather them up and say, hey, you want to see a dead body? Yes. And they're like, shit, I just want to buy some weed. And, well, apparently these kids were like, many kids, there were a lot of them that were like, yeah, yeah, I do want to see it. Come with me. They probably thought he was lying. He wasn't lying. I know, but they're probably like, this Ricky's full of So shit. he would bring sure, Ricky, show groups, me the dead body. groups of 10 or so. 10. Maybe he'd even charge them, who knows? To the forest, back to the crime scene, like a very smart criminal, very intelligent, sleuthy criminal. I mean, him and um, Jimmy Triano, and they would show this decomposing corpse, this mutilated, horribly mutilated, 
decomposing corpse with maggots. This is in the summer heat. This is in June. So it must smell wonderful. It's rotting there. And he's showing kids this. So what do, you know, what does a normal kid do? He tells the cops, right? So I wonder if any of these kids told the cops at first. Nope. They didn't, they didn't want anyone to know they hang out with Ricky. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's like, oh, what do you hang out with Ricky for? You got drugs? No one told the cops. This, to these tours went on for about a month, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, with no one, you know, no one kind of giving it up. It's kind of crazy. I can't even... I, I Today, someone would take pictures of it on their phone or something, and, you know, that would, you know, that would be it. But the, the sad part is, like we said before, no one knew Gary was gone. No one was looking for Gary. Not his parents, not the police, not friends. His friends killed him. No, his, fr- his friends killed him. Your only friends fucking killed you, and you got nobody. Your parents don't give a fuck where you are. They're glad you're not home. Good. Maybe he's dead. Good. He won't come back here. So it's really sad. Really sad. Poor Gary Lowers. I wonder where he's buried. Maybe they cremated him. They didn't want any evidence of him ever. You know? So, yeah, that's what kids would do. See, you know, do drugs, worship Satan, go out to the woods, light fires, look at the stars, and look at decomposing corpses and skullduggery. So, they're all into this. So, finally, after like a few weeks of this, uh, an anonymous female called the cops. Like, hey, I should probably tell someone about this, huh? Someone with some sort of responsibility called the cops. And um, how'd the cops respond? Oh, no, this is dead about No, the cops thought it was a hoax. Because they were like, what? Somebody dead in this town? What? Is this a hoax? Who is this? And when they asked her who is this, she, of course, hung up. And, you know, we don't know who it was, but it's not important. So the cops, uh, you know, they're like, maybe we should look into this. Hmm, maybe we should look into it. Real smart, real, uh, you know, bumbling Keystone. Uh, what are those cops, those bumbling cops? The Keystone, whatever, I don't know. What? You know, those Keystone cops. They're like, bump, you know, those, car- those silent movies. No idea. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, this is what I'm picturing these cops. They're, they're idiots. And so they check this out to the location where it was described. And um, lo and behold, they find a, uh, a decomposing corpse that's um, oh, before. Oh, actually, no. Wait, I missed a part here. Uh, after, you know, they did the tours, they decided to eventually the body was really starting to break down. So Jimmy and Ricky decided to get rid of it. So they dug a, a shallow grave and literally kicked the body into it. Whereas the head came off. So they're like, oh, get this thing. So they're kicking it. They're kicking it, and the head comes off. Oh, the head came Oh, they should make a movie. Like, they should show that. That would just be brutal but funny at the same time, like the head coming off the body. Yeah. So that's where they left it. And they Maybe just, Jonas Ackerman will make this. Yeah, because he would do it. He would do it good. Yeah, I want to see a real movie on this. People, do it. Directors, do it. Uh, yeah, so they kick the body into this hole. The head comes off. They just leave it there. It's good. You know, and... So the cops find this scene after it's reported, and, you know, they, they dig up, and they find, you know, this, decom- this horribly decomposed corpse missing its head. I saw a video of a cop saying it was the most, the worst, the, the most worst. Brutal, brutal. brutal thing he ever saw. The cop was like, it's brutal. North Port Long Island, hard. It was the most brutal thing ever. Officer. It's the most, they've never seen a brutal thing since then. It was the most brutal thing ever. It was brutal. Um, so... What do Ricky and Jimmy do after this? Um, they do like what any delinquents would do. They 
they get a used car and they drive to California. Well, at least they tried to drive to California. You know, and like most uh, adventures like this, they end very quickly because due to lack of money or gas or food or <laughs> or brains, <laughs> um, they didn't get very far. They only got like 100 miles away. And uh, they ended up coming back. They're like, hey, man, let's run off to California. Yeah, let's do it. You know, 100 miles later, oh, this isn't working. Let's go back. Excellent. Bogus. You know, I'm picturing Bill and Ted. Excellent. Bogus. You know? Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you know that one. Right? I'm familiar with yeah, Bill and Ted. Yeah, they're making a new one. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait. <laughs> um, so they end up back. But of course, they have nowhere to go. So they're sleeping in their car. And if the cops, of course, know who they are now, the cops know who they're looking for. And there is uh, basically, you know, a car reported somewhere with two delinquents sleeping in it. So the cops, of course, find them right away. And they are apprehended. That was easy. The, the, the dumbest criminals in the world. And it took the cops this long to find them. Who's Appar- dumber? Apparently did the, the cops did, like, the equivalent, the 80s equivalent of swatting that car. Like, there was, like, 20 of them. 20 of them? Really? Wow. So they were, like, we they thought they were dangerous, huh? what these kids are going to do. Yeah. They hopped up. They're like, they might be hopped up. They might have guns. So, yeah, they were like, get friends, like friends. They, saw, they saw that body. They were like, holy like, shit. These kids are fucking crazy. Yes. So, they were apprehended with force by massive force. When they force. brought Ricky in for interrogation, he wasn't like, no, I didn't do it. He was like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, I did it. He was like, I did it and I liked it. And he was proud of it. And uh, he's proud of it. And uh, he ratted out Jimmy, saying Jimmy had a big part in it. You know, that he held down. That he held down Gary. poor Gary and helped out and retrieved the knife and all that. And, you know, of course, any kind of testimony here, of course, taking a question, obviously, all of the perpetrators were highly um, inebriated. So, and as you know, there's this famous videos, videos and pictures of this. This is really what really makes the case. The first thing you'll see if you look this up when they're bringing in Ricky Casso into the jail in handcuffs. He's on like a chain gang and his couple of other delinquents. I've been pretty sure Jimmy Trano's right behind him. A couple of other random delinquents. And this is where that iconic image was taken, where you see him looking at you with that piercing, demonic stare, where he gives you that look, that the famous Acid King look, which is his symbol. It's his, it's his logo. This is where it came from. This, it was at this point. This is where that was made. You know, so. But he was just being an edgelord. Yeah, he was just like, <laughs> yeah, basically he knew the cameras were on him. And the press was there. And of course the press, we'll get into what the press will do with this. The wonderfully responsible press. You know, enemies of the people. Fake news, right? Um, so he wants to show off for the camera. He's proud of what he did. So he gives him this smirk, this evil. <laughs> you know, he's happy. You know, it's kind of scary. You know, this kid's definitely lost. He's gone. Uh, but, you know. Is he wearing an ACDC And he's wearing shirt. an ACDC shirt, which ACDC was probably like, oh, fuck. I'm kind of thankful he was wearing ACDC <laughs> and not Judas Priest. Yeah, so. right? Because Judas Priest would have, well, I mean, Judas Priest would get theirs, right? But ACDC was already getting shit at this point from the, um, uh, of, of course, the, uh, the Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, um, which was also you know, and it was also a, a death at one of their con. Like the ACD was getting a lot of shit around this time, so they were probably like, "Oh, here we go, oh, here we go again." You know, you know, Australia. You know, here we go again. So yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a good decade for them. You know, and their 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 music is 
fucking like the most harmless shit ever too. That's what's sad, but poor ACDC. That's how they made it. You know, that, that is. People thought they were evil, or so they were. They just were a bunch of Australian guys that liked to drink. Jesus, like, didn't didn't they have fun? Um, they're Australian for go. Do, do Australians ever do anything bad ever? Like, no. Yes. What, what? When? Well, there was. They're just kind of terrible people. Yeah, nobody likes them. The New Zealanders hate them. Yeah. Now, I think it was like a mass shooter there once. And then they, there was. They canceled they, all guns. They, like yeah. That. They Done. took them. Done. And now they're fine. Done. No one ever gets shot again. Done. So there you go. Where's my guns? Um, so, yeah. Um, but Ricky wasn't made for jail. Obviously, he'd done a lot of bad things, but he'd never been to jail before, believe it or not. He was waiting trial for his skullduggery. Skullduggery. How did he not go to jail? He wasn't in jail. It's not skullduggery. Skullduggery. <laughs> Uh, he wasn't in jail. He never went to jail. He was awaiting that trial. That's the first oh, time he was arrested. So he hadn't, he hadn't been convicted of that so this yet. all happened while he was in Yes. Jail. Apparently, this is he was on waiting trial for that. And it wouldn't have been a big deal if he went to jail. It wouldn't have been a big deal. It would have gotten like a week or so. Like it's, you don't... You, it's weird. Up a grave? you don't. There's actually... If you look up the laws on it, there's like no... I don't know how it is over there. But... And maybe... They, I don't know. Maybe they changed it. But like there's... It's not like a major crime. Like it's a felony, but it's not like that, it's that's not like the definition you don't, of major crime. You don't get, but you like you don't get a lot of time for it. Now, I feel like misdemeanor. And like I heard, it, like it was not like a big deal if you do it. Like it's not. They can't really. There's no laws on the book that really put people in jail for a long short time. Short on cash. Consider grave robbing. Yeah. Um, you know, get some jewels off of some rotting corpse. <laughs> Low risk. Don't bury your people with jewels. I like that when he robbed these graves, he didn't take the valuables, he took the body parts. I think they were so old, though, like, there was no, there were hardly any, really, thing left. Like, he just wanted, you It's know, the jewelry. Yeah, I think... But he won. Well, he, he did it twice. He did it once on, like, a revolutionary wardrobe, and he couldn't find anything, obviously, because it was, like, 300 years old. But he did it, and he did it again into a mausoleum, apparently, of a grave someone buried in the 1930s, apparently, and that's where he got the skull. But, yeah, he wasn't obviously, you know, he just took the, just the head. So, um, so Ricky would spend um, a short time in jail and lock up waiting his trial, his arraignment. Um, but he didn't last there too long. See, jail wasn't for him. And I'm sure jail did not treat someone like him very well. You know, a, a, a psychotic murderer white kid from the suburbs, good-looking kid, you know? So it was on July 7th, 1984, just a few days after he was apprehended, two days after he was arrested, actually, um, Ricky Castle was found hanged by a noose that he had constructed, that he had tied up from a bed sheet. Uh, it was always a legend that he had done it with his ACDC shirt that he was apprehended in, but however, that would not be possible. You would not still be wearing your civilian clothes if you were in the lockup for two days. You would have prison-issued clothing, so, you know, which is probably kind of suicide-proof, right? So, and it would, probably would have been too short to really hang yourself. So that was a famous legend. Someone made that up somewhere along the way that he did it with his ACDC shirt. It sounds, it sounds romantic, right? He did it with his ACDC shirt. No, he didn't. He did it with his bed sheets. So Ricky Casso, dead, July 7th, 1984. There's no trial, so we're gonna put on. So we gotta put someone else on trial. We gotta somebody's gotta burn for this, right? So this is where uh, Jimmy and Albert would come in. They need someone to pin this on. So let's move on to that. And of course, as a result of this murder, of course, the media gets a hold of this. And what does the media do to make money? They want to scare people. They do it all the time. They do it today. 
they make wars happen by scaring you. Um, so they get a hold of this, and now suddenly there's a death cult out there in Long Island and everywhere around the corner in your suburbs, in your suburbs especially. Only people in the ghetto would fall for this shit. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, okay, br- to have them come here. You know? I'm telling you, this is all privileged stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is. No no one, like, in a... Most real problems do not have time. Yeah, they're not, they're not, yeah, they're not, and they're not going to be scared, like, to some, they're going to be like, yeah, come here, try to kill me with your fucking cult. Come, come to my place, sure. Um, so, heavy metal was coming for your children now. I think it was because of heavy metal music. It was specifically because of heavy metal music that these kids were listening to. Ozzy, Judas Priest, ACDC. Yeah, they didn't have a lot to choose from back then. They couldn't go right to Venom back They didn't go for the underground. They went right for the surface. That was good enough for them. How many tricks They were kind of... I don't think they were... They crossed over yet. They would. Like, along with... Slayer was around... Like, they were, like, the first Flash band. They were around before everyone else. Their first album, like, wasn't... It's, like, before Metallica's. So, but I don't think they... It would take them a... I mean, they would get there. I mean, they say Ricky listens to Slayer. Yeah. And then he goes to all these other things. I think, you know, back then you just listen to everything, you know? Like, ACDC fit in with everyone else back then. And ACDC was not heavy in any way, but everyone loved them. Everyone who isn't in metal, like, loved them back then. They were just... Like, anyone who's in metal today, you ask them who the influences were back then, it was ACDC. Like, ACDC is on the list. So you're saying Slayer was a mainstream band that, you know... Yeah, it wasn't they like kind a, of were. You didn't have to be a music aficionado. No, I think they were like I think they were kind of hitting it, you know, because that kind of music was was popular. Record labels wanted to push that kind of music. That's why like, Metallica, Anthrax, everybody rose so quickly. So yeah, I think Slayer was kind of cool. Slayer was definitely one of the more evil sounding ones. You know, they were far more evil By than far, Metallica. That, that list that you had there. Yeah, but I think they were kind of you know they were in there. I think they were kind of they're not as popular. They didn't have music videos like Judas Priest did or Ozzy. They didn't have. They were, I don't think Slayer was really an MTV band, but neither was Metallica, and they would be getting big very quickly back then. So yeah, so they just weren't an MTV band, but yeah, they were. So heavy I, metal. I just get curious about this, like someone living back then, like, like how deep into music would you have to be to have known about Venom? Venom. Like, that's what I I don't know. I think yeah, I think Venom was a little bit more on um, maybe a little bit underground, As a more kid underground. In New York. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, you probably had to go pretty far because Venom had a lot of satanic symbols. So you probably had to go a little further than, like, Motorhead. Like, Motorhead wasn't huge yet, I would say. Like, they were definitely there. Like, we were on the area of Slayer. But I think Venom was, like, another level down, you know. Right. That's an aside. Yeah. So. Yeah, so metal was coming for your children. So it's going to corrupt your children's brain. They're going to either kill themselves or others. That's what the news was telling you. Uh, Satan was around every corner. And, um... If you play games like D&D or, like, read certain books, you know, you're going to be probably into Satan. Recruitment center. Yeah, that's a recruitment center. You're going to definitely go for Satan, especially D&D. You know, the news will be pushing this. Um, however, the, the law, they were like, what the fuck is the media doing? They, they were not. They were... They were not really down with this whole satanic method or narrative. They were like, this was a drug-related crime... These kids were high on drugs. You know, it was a con- it was a it was a conflict over who owed money for drugs, and somebody ended up dead as a result of you know kids being blasted out of their mind, you know, with less uh, inhibitions. You know, that's what this was. It wasn't because Satan made anyone do it. 
you know, not all these kids were satanic. It was really just Ricky who was kind of interested in that. You like know, the media said that there was specifically it was a, a cult, cult in it was North in Northport, and they were coming to get you. Like there were more members, and they were going to come kick down your doors, and scourge, and murder your family. Yes, and people were scared. People were had <laughs> a dumbass scrawling say you love satin. say you or, love satin or worship that that's where that came from that's where that whole thing came from it existed there was some sort of graffiti that said that i'm not imagining this it said it somewhere and that's why i titled this that so i didn't misspell it some dummy did and i'm just channeling that but yes it was a cult around every corner and it was the same and this would this was popular in long island this is how people would react maybe all over the country really the same thing would happen when the son of sam happened in 1977 people reacted the same way they thought he was like satanic you know, or the, or the Night Stalker. Like, people would, you know, the news would get a hold of this. Satan's coming, you know, these are... Sa- and a lot of movies would be made in this back then. Like, Hollywood, of course, adapted this too. You know, satanic cults coming to kill you. You know, if you ever saw, like, that movie Cobra, by, where Sylvester Stallone is sort of like this cult that's coming to kill you, you know? Like, you know, that, that fear, oh no, it's a satanic cult. Come. Not if Sylvester Stallone can stop it. You know, Sylvester Stallone is going to protect you from the satanic cult. You're going to blow him away. You know, crime is disease, I'm the cure, you know? That kind of thing. Yeah, people loved killing criminals. You know, criminals were out there who were to kill them in the 80s, you know? Death Wish, you know, Sylvester Stallone, you know, Dirty Harry, you know, bam, kill them. No justice, just shoot them. So, yeah, that's how it went back then. It was fun, right? We used to love watching those movies. We were kids. We were kids. We thought it was cool, you know? You know, we were like, yeah. We shouldn't have been watching them, but we did. Our parents were our parents weren't paying attention. We could have ended up like Ricky Casso, right? Due to lack of supervision. I mean, that implies you think that the media, our media influences, does cause you to kill. Like, so you that would make you agree with the people who yeah, I guess so, heavy right? metal music. Yeah, you think that a movie could influence. Well, I was you a kid. I, when I was a kid, I did. When I was like eight, I agreed. But you were scared of everything. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dumb eight year old. Of course, I was like. Oh, like yeah, if a grown up agrees, yeah, they need you know they need to rethink things. But now if an eight year old agrees, eight year old doesn't know any better. Yes, I totally agreed with this um, narrative because I was eight. <laughs> Think about that. You know, Ronald Reagan was a president. I was like, you know, not even eight. I was like, you know, younger, and I was yeah scared of Judas Priest, which is just a very silly sentence. <laughs> I was scared of Judas Priest. Very You're silly. Afraid thing. of a Judas Priest sticker. Yeah, I bought a, it. And it didn't even have their symbol. It was just them written in like aerial type with like glitter around it. <laughs> okay, moving. Rob Halford would have loved it. He would have loved that sticker. So, um, so now you know they got these kids right. They got somebody in jail. They got somebody. They're holding someone here. And uh, it was also, you know, so uh, one interesting thing was I found this really kind of disturbing. Um, they were every, you know, there was, I found some footage of an interview of, of Gary Lauer's, you know, estranged parents. And suddenly they were interested now that their kid was dead and it was on the news. Suddenly they were suddenly interested in their kid. Um, and Gary Lauer's dad told reporters that um, his son had no involvement in drugs and, um, he must have been abducted by these boys. They must have taken him against his will by force. And um, I just found that really just hilarious because you, suddenly you know your son. You know, he couldn't come home. No one knew he was gone when he died. And suddenly you know everything about him. You know, suddenly he never did drugs and he was abducted. I just found that just ridiculous. You yeah, know, he wasn't even reported missing. You didn't report him missing. So suddenly you know everything about him. You're a piece of shit, Dad. You know, I mean, you probably kill yourself to, see, to seem like you know he yeah, wasn't a terrible parent. Yeah, but he was. He clearly was. There was clearly something going on there. 
you know, I think, you know, you were probably abusive, you know, you, I, you know, like I don't want to assume things, but, you know, you kind of put things together and, you know, I don't think you were, you probably weren't good parents, okay? Because you didn't know he was dead. And you didn't really seem that broken up about it when they were interviewing you. You're like, most parents would be like, I don't want to, you know, do any interviews, right? You were like, oh yeah, let me get on the camera here. You know, let me, uh, you know, justify this, so. So now there's going to be a trial. You know, we've got um, Albert Quinones and uh, Jimmy Trano. And Albert Quinones being like sort of like the the tertiary party here, kind of like the guy we don't really know about. He was kind of just there. He kind of didn't really, apparently he tried to run away when this happened. You know, he wasn't into it. So the prosecution was going to use him as their star witness. Because like you said, we only have two witnesses here now. We have two total witnesses in the entire universe. There's only two people that saw this. The rest of them are dead. So we need these people. There's the only way we're going to put someone. We're putting someone in jail here, damn it. So Quinones was going to be their star witness in exchange for immunity. They were not going to put him in jail. He was, he was going to rat everyone out. So he's going to rat Jimmy Trano out. There's no one else to rat out here, really. So, however, his testimony was never consistent when they would ask him. Um, of course, it was said that he dropped 10 tabs of acid that night. And basically, he didn't know what he was seeing. There was one point where he said he thought he saw a lion. And some cop told him, well, yeah, a lion escaped from the... Well, no, that's what the pro the defense attorney said. Yeah, so that's was that true? He... Yeah. So well, what I watched, they had this interview with the defense attorney, which <laughs> they definitely framed to make him look like a real piece of yeah, slime. Yes. Um, but he got the idea to push Quinones on the drug thing because when he was talking to his client, Jimmy Triano... He, and just trying to get the story from Jimmy, he never got it straight. And he was uh, like, Jimmy, are you right, lying to me? Like, right. why is the story keep changing? And, like, he just said something crazy, like, well, when the sky, when the sky is, like, a, yeah, a the sky is, or something. Yeah, flying around, yeah. You know, and it's like, how am I supposed to know what's going on? Yeah, and these kids like, were blasted. Yeah. So this lawyer knew he had to push Quinones on that. And I, I guess, like, I don't know how he knew that. He thought Jimmy saw a lion. Yeah, because it apparently so, was a lion escaped from the zoo. He asked Jimmy about the lion, yeah. and no, that's not true. He asked Jimmy about the lion, and Jimmy said, no, there's no lion. But he knew that Jimmy had said he'd saw a lion. You were a lion. So then he baited him. He was like, well, there was an escaped lion. Or she was fucking with him. And so Jimmy's like, really? Yeah. That lion did. was really there? Yeah. And it was like, no. Yeah. There was no, no lion. He's like, no, you dummy. I was lion. Lion. Lion Ted. Um... So it's very, uh, very dramatic funny. courtroom. Yeah, they, yeah, they need to have that, you know, when they make the movie, the courtroom, tri the, the courtroom drama. I wonder how part. they got that. Like that was very clearly, like you know, that was not a public defense defender. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they had they had lawyers. Like, yeah, they had. Uh, Jimmy Tryon is. Uh, yeah, he had a lawyer, right? He had a real lawyer. A real lawyer. Yeah. He's slick. Slick lawyer, slick lawyer with slick back hair. You know, he had a little ponytail. You know, he was one of those guys. So nice suit. His parents must have shelled out for that. Did a lot of coke. Or maybe um, he just wanted to be famous. Yeah. Like, this is one of those Satan things. He didn't seem like... I don't, I, don't, wagon to this. I don't know if Jimmy Trano was like a rich kid. He was definitely like a crap. We don't really know about his parents, but he was kind of like a dumb guy. You know, there's a lot of interviews with him. He you talks see like them. a dumb he's like, guy. Hey, yo, well, you know, we like the worst of Satan and stuff. You know, I do that assy. Uh. He's kind of like a, you know, he's still around today. I think he has a kid and, you know, he's just yeah. trying to live a normal life. You know, leave him alone. Don't, don't call him. Like, I did not tell you to on. call him. Life goes on. He got involved with a bad thing and ruined his whole fucking life. So it's amazing that he salvaged what he has and he has what he has. So um, 
So when this trial was over after, you know, these inconsistent testimonies and drug-fueled <laughs> um, rantings of, of trying to get testimony, um, well, you know, or rantings of trying to remember a drug-fueled uh, experience, um, Jimmy Triano was found not guilty for second-degree murder of Lowers. Walked free. No one was, no one went to jail for this. And is that the correct uh, verdict? I, it might be. Um, you know, he didn't do the killing. Like, he was definitely fucked up on serious drugs. You know, was he... Maybe he should have done some time? Maybe. But, you know, should they put the, the guy in jail for 10 years? Absolutely not. You know, without a doubt. Um, you know, he's lucky to, to, you know, to get what he got. And uh, he didn't do it again. You know, he didn't get into trouble again. So, you know, the I think the verdict was right. Closing argument was that only God will ever know what only truly God happened that night. And Satan, Satan knew too, because the crow was there. It was like, that's, ah! that's what the '90s narrator said. Yeah, he was like, only God. Would only know. He God. couldn't say Satan. He couldn't say something cool like but that. But maybe right? Satan. Satan knew too. <laughs> Satan, say you love Satan. And only God would decide um, the punishments. By the way, Jimmy never it's testified. Not up to man to punish. It's not Jimmy up to man. man. They they will stand before God. But Jimmy Trotter never testified. By the way, he used his right not to testify. Very good idea. Yes, very good idea. His lawyer was good. Get a good lawyer. He, he's, you know, he's free today. Um, of course, and Albert, you know, his testimony was decredited. Discredited, you know, because basically they just, the prosecution put up a shit trial, basically. I mean, honestly, they didn't have a lot to work with. They didn't have, they had nothing. They had two acid heads to work with. We were like, God, can we get anyone else? No, you couldn't. Everyone else is dead. That's all. That's the crow. Maybe the crow that went, ah, maybe you can uh, get, get, you know, get that crow to stand on the stand on the witness stand I don't know or maybe the lion you get the lion maybe there was no lion there was no lion though or was there dun 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 <laughs> the lion saw it all the lion knows <laughs> I am the lion the lion was the real killer the lion killed the lion will kill you he'll but just he, do it yes the king is innocent that's why he was so disfigured the lion fucked him up he went <laughs> The, the acid king got the fuck out of there. That's what that's what really happened. Okay? So, in conclusion, what did we learn here? The only thing I learned is uh, Ricky Casso and Jimmy Trano were really fucking dumb. All they had to do was keep walking. Go to California. Don't stop. Probably would have never caught them. I mean, unlikely. Maybe somebody would eventually find the body. Like, you know, if, if they didn't show the body off. They just kept walking. Like, if they had dug a decent grave. Yeah, no one probably would have found this kid. Missing kid. Missing. Or if like maybe they kids. dumped him in, like, the sound. Yeah. Put some weights on him. Deep six him. No one, no one would have found this kid. There's a lot of missing kids that probably I mean, are buried somewhere. they would have found him eventually, but, like, maybe. who knows how long it would have been. Yeah. Now, if no one knows he's missing, you know, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll go on the missing thing. No one will be looking for him. Most likely, I think, 80% chance... Um, the Acid King would be out there today, never done any jail time, out there watching you, waiting till Satan orders him to kill your family, right? Like, he could have been out there still to do another crime. Who knows? Or maybe not. Maybe he just wouldn't have done it. He'd be like, oh my God, I did something bad. I'm never going to do it again. Let's just keep this quiet. Nah, I think he was, he was, his brain was broken. Yeah, he would have done it again. You know, like, the bringing people back to see the body. Yeah, well, if he didn't do that, I mean, they say his brain was less like, broken. Okay, maybe he was <laughs> he completely didn't fucking high <laughs> yeah. when he killed somebody. He was hopped up on angel dust. Angel dust. The angel dust made him do it. You know what the stuff does to kids? Yeah, it makes kids be the acid king. 
but then in the light of day to bring people smart to kid see the body yeah check out what I did here man it's brutal you know I wonder if that got him anything you know did he impress some girls with that like what you know <laughs> I hope cool. it got you something a blowjob or something like like it's something probably didn't get you anything what how do people react I can't to that imagine what girl would want some really gothic chick I don't know um but how would people react to that though like hey like how do you when you see this horribly decomposed body, like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, what I think I wouldn't is be that able to, I wouldn't be able to take my it. My guess is that none of them believed him, that he Until had a dead they body. Saw it. And then they saw it, and then they're like, they like oh, oh shit. God. Oh, what? Well, no, I think, no, you know what they said? Like, they believed that they were afraid he would kill them. Yeah, so they're now afraid of him. Oh, shit, They're I afraid saw of it. being involved He's by probably, reporting it. Yeah, he probably gave him that look, like, go on, tell someone, tell someone. You know, he, he gave so they're probably look. just scared. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I would, yeah, I would been, yeah. If I was like that age, I probably wouldn't have told anyone due to fear. I was afraid he's gonna come get me. Cause he doesn't, you know, he remember he doesn't have a house. He has like nothing to lose. He'll just come in your window at night. <laughs> he like, has nothing to lose. I'm gonna kill you. Like, he's yeah, he's got showing nothing. off his murder. Yeah, he's not smart. You know, there's not much holding him back. He'll come and kill you. So yeah, and he probably would have or tried to. Here's why we get guns and protect our family. Protect from the ass gang and Satan. So. Um, so, yeah, th- this thing was ultimately drug-related, though. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to go with that narrative. Yeah, I think the, uh, Drugs. the metal yeah. stuff was, like, ancillary. Yeah, the media needed that. But if there was no metal, this would have still happened, right? Like, this would have... If it was just drugs, if they were listening to, like, mumble rap... I mean... It, said that he found Satan still happened. in the library. If he was listening, yeah, he didn't in find the library. Satan from Slayer. In the library, in people. The library. So shouldn't we burn all libraries? I, absolutely. Let's burn them right now. No, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, go to a library. They, they need you there. It's lonely. I used to, when I, when I was in high school, for all these people out there that went to high school with me, you know what I would do during lunch? I wouldn't eat lunch. I never ate in school. I would go up to the library and just hang out there and just do whatever, do homework, just hang out there. Did you get hungry? No. No, I wasn't hungry. School disgusted me so much. High school disgusted me. It just took away my... I was so skinny back then. I was like 160 pounds. I was tiny. Maybe you should stop eating lunch. Yeah, I think so. But at work, you know how much you want lunch at work, though? <laughs> yeah. Like, after just a few hours of just retouching and my fingers are hurting, I just can't wait to go outside and just eat my lunch. Like, my little sandwich. It's just so... It's like, oh, my sandwich is so good. And it's like nothing. It's like communist food, but I'm so happy with it. Like, oh, this is so good. You know, but you know, it's what we have today. So, um, but that you know, Ricky obviously was interested in the occult, but you know, it's just him being edgelord. It's just him being like those kids in Norway. You know, like the same thing. He was a Varg. He was Varg. He was proto Varg. He, I, I bet you Varg was influenced by him. Like he was the same thing as Varg. Um, only probably like you know less ambitious. Uh, less political, definitely less political. I think Varg had some politics. I was just watching not a video. Not as powerful as Varg. Not as powerful. Definitely not. Women didn't like Ricky Castle nearly as much. Um, you know, I wonder if Ricky Castle would be making videos today. He'd be out of jail by now. Um, if he would like, you know, be trying to cash in on his yeah, he'd be like, hey, infamy. Uh, yeah, I wonder what he'd look like. Like he would. I think he'd be like this fat guy with like a balding mind. Like yeah, ACDC. Yeah, he'd be that guy. You know, like, but yeah, I don't think he'd be. He wasn't smart. I don't think he was had any intelligence at all. You know, like I think Vargas, you know, has like this 
thinks he, he has, has intelligence. Some yeah, creative spot he's to him. he's um and he's politically very uh, aware of things. You know, whereas I think Ricky Castle was not aware of I very much. I think they share the same mental illness. Yeah, that that they do. One has more intelligence than the other, but yeah, they share that same whatever parasite is in their brain that it's causes common them to do stuff. Psychopathy. Yeah, they're just kids that you know have idle hands and Satan. You know. Those your idle hands. Yeah, they have no moral direction. They have no, you know, they're not happy with what's going on around them. They don't like all the, the nice things that are going on around them. I don't know. They want some sort of rebellion. So. I don't know. I think this story is a little overblown as far as like metal people, people love it. it. It's 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 in the metal mythos. Um, that's why I had it here. It's a me- it's a story of metal. You know, it always has been. Like I said, many bands have been influenced by just this story by. The, just by the name of him, you know, the Acid King, you know, the band Acid King. You know. He seems like a kind of pathetic image, uh, figure to me. Yeah, but he's just a legend, you know. Sometimes pathetic people um, become legends. Very sorry, sad people become legends to those downtrodden people. There's a recent case, um, the Sky King, we call him. He stole a plane from the Seattle airport. Apparently he was just a mechanic, but, you know, he was a typical, like... Is that recent? Yeah, a few months ago. And Not a few months ago. A lot of the people on the internet, a lot of the community, the red pill community on the internet, um, incels and whatnot, and Magatow, Ma- Magatow, did I say that? Men's rights people, um, you know, that crew. Yeah, that whole side of, you know what I'm talking about, that whole I side do. of things, generally. He's kind of a hero. He's called the really? Sky King. It wasn't that he stole a plane stole just a plane. as a form of commi- committing suicide. He did, but he sp- but thing is, he had a voice. He was speaking the whole time he was up there. He didn't just go up there and crash the thing. He was speaking for a few hours, and people just kind of he tells a sad story. Oh, really? How he's and and I and they I kept could that s- out of the news. Well, they did not. You if you've looked if you if you went on CNN, they're not going to show you. But uh, you know, yeah, they you know if if you went, it was. On YouTube, you know, on the typical sources. Okay, they definitely kept it out of the mainstream media, of course. And there's one point where he goes, you know, he's talking about how he was kind of downtrodden. He was just a mechanic. There. Somehow he knew how to fly a plane. I mean, I know how to fly a plane. I'm not, you know, I totally could fly a plane. You're not allowed to do this. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but, um, you know, he was a mechanic, but apparently he played flight simulators. And I'm, sur- I'm surprised the media didn't go, Are flight sim- should flight simulators be illegal? People are learning how to fly a plane. Can't have that. That's already been a question. It has been, which is ridiculous, which makes me just cringe. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, he uh, was, was like, he's going on this whole rant, and he's being nice about it, he's apologizing to his family, and said, I'm sorry, I'm doing this, but you know, he's telling about how he's downtrodden, how he doesn't have a chance, because he's talking on the, you know, on the radio with the air traffic control, who's trying to like, kind of suicide help, you know, like, don't do this, just you can land at that airport, you know, like, it's okay. When so, you thought air traffic control was bad. Yeah, when you so thought they were bad. Like, he's, he, yeah, he's like suicide, you know, counseling this guy. And he's like, and he's, and he kind of the guy, Sky King, kind of uh, jokes around. He's like, oh, you think I get a job? And he's, and he's like, yeah. And the air traffic control, yeah. He's like, no, I probably can't. I'm white, you know. And they and they cut that out. Like the news, they cut that part. Get a out. job where? Like you know, being a pilot. Like oh, maybe you could, you know, when uh, you land, you know. And he's like, nah, I can't. I'm white. He said that, and uh, sir, they cut a that. A lot out. of affirmative action. They, they, I don't know, but he was saying basically he kind of became a hero to the to that red pill side. Because of saying it, and, and but what, about what the even? Oh yeah, well, you know, we fuck the airline. You know, he didn't kill anyone. You know, he just killed. You know, fuck the airline. Yeah, that's nice. Fuck the airline. He deserves everything.
Oh yeah, well yeah. So you know, that, that was yeah, that wasn't there. They, that didn't come up at all, at all. Uh, but yeah, he says that, and and what really gave the red pill side more fuel is they cut the mainstream media cut that part out. Yeah, they did. They did. They're guilty of it. If anything, it just made. Not well to normal people, but yeah. not to them. Not like to it that was side. respectful. Yeah, yeah, to not make him, cause yeah, cause the mainstream media would be like, oh, see, you're racist, you know. So like they would, you know, go with that thing. But really yeah, yeah, that's okay. It's just, but that's you know, that's a kind of an underachiever kind of becoming a hero. But you know, he of course he was harmless, but he was not that much. He just wanted to fly. So you're saying like, that there are people. Not, obviously, there weren't men's rights people back then. But no, they, but I the, don't think they were. There were maybe some burnout Satanists. Yeah. Yeah, that hero. Yeah. People like drug. People into metal. People, you know, those metal kids that would do a lot of drugs. Like, yeah, that was cool. I don't know why that was. They only heard the legend. You know, there was no internet back then. They saw that, like, mugshot. Yeah, and that looked cool. He's wearing the ACDC shirt. Whoa, that guy's crazy. He killed him. But did you know, you know, how he killed and why that kid was innocent? Innocent victim who died. Fortunately, no one else was killed. So, yeah. So that is the story of the legend of the Acid King. Say you love Satan. You know, his famous words. I gotta find out where that comes from. Because I'm gonna seem like an idiot. People are gonna be like, what does that mean? You spelled that wrong. Like, no, it, it was yeah, said I, somewhere. I couldn't, find that I couldn't either. I bet that's just like I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it somewhere when I first did the research. And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go with that because I think it's funny. And I like to do like, sort of like a, a little bit of a you know, creative title sometimes, you know. So anyway, well, that's the story of the Ask Kid. Uh, write it. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you have any, any experiences with this. Tell me what this meant to you if you were growing up there. You know, your experience with this, what you thought about it. So, let's uh, let's end this one, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media, including Twitter at Your Last Metal, Facebook at Your Last Metal, Instagram, Metal Lies Here, and give me a shout out on HereLiesMetal at gmail.com. Tell me what you thought about this story. You like it? You hate it? Uh, you had experience with it? You know, what you know what you were scared of as a kid? You were scared of everything like me? Um, be sure to subscribe to Here Lies Metal on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. Don't forget to rate us. Even if you hate us, this podcast sucks. Only you have the power to destroy it. But instead of doing that, it's my passion to bring you, the listener, these tales of true metal. However, if you'd like to support me and the show, your donations are highly appreciated. You can find me on patreon.com forward slash here lies metal. Send me your money. Like Suicidal Tendency says, okay, ladies and gentlemen. Till next time. Next week, we're going to do the news. So we're going to have two weeks worth of news for next week. So like I said, we're going to alternate. As you know, we didn't do the news this time because we're going to save that for next week. And of course, there's a lot of news, a lot of deaths, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of metal news. A lot of stuff about Imagine Dragons. And uh, <laughs> we'll get to that next week. We'll do a news episode next week. We'll see you next week, people. Cheers! And uh, avoid false metal. Goodbye. And don't get killed in the forest by the acid king. Don't do acid with some scary kid in the forest, okay? And you'll live a good life. And if you kill someone in the forest, don't show your friends. Just keep on walking, okay? Goodbye.